0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger, along with me is my co host, Chase McCallum. Uh, we took a week off. We just didn't get around to recording last week, super busy with personal life and work. Um, but we are continuing our season preview with the Metro Division today. However, because we've taken a week off, there is a couple big pieces of news we need to talk about. Um, so, a couple of them are not in this division. So, we'll get them out of the way before we start talking about the division. Uh, and that would be the first thing I think we should touch on is a trio of retirements. And um, we'll go from order from smallest to largest, um, both maybe a player. No, probably not in player size, but in terms of popularity, <laughs> for sure. Um, but three, like, really big names, um, you know, like two massive names and and one, uh, you know, I would say big enough name in, ter- in terms of retiring. And the first guy to retire, he announced in the morning, and that was Keith Yandel. And, um, you know, maybe not not, well, definitely not a household name or anything like that. But, you know, he holds the current Ironman streak, which will be broken by Phil Kessel this year. Um, so, you know, like a big enough name to announce his retirement. He says he's done, um, you know, which makes sense. Like he was getting healthy scratched on like a really bad Flyers team at times last year, if I'm not mistaken. So um, like, yeah, he, he only he missed like it was only like five games that he missed, but he got healthy scratched on like a really bad Flyers team last year, um, you know, had one goal, 18 assists. At uh, 36 years old, like it's been a really good career and obviously holding an Ironman for even a small amount of time is impressive. So that one made, you know, a bunch of sense, but, you know, still a a great career, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was clear he was washed by the end. And those are always kind of sad to watch in players that were great at one point. And I think this is true for all three of the retirements. It's it's sucks to see them go out with like a whimper rather than kind of go out on top.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you, who do you think of... Like, What team do you think of Keith Yandel when you think of Keith Yandel? I think of him as a Coyote. I think of him as a Panther, and I think it's just recency bias. That's fair. I think of him
1: because he was like a god in Chell when we were kids for the Coyotes. I love trading for Keith Yandel, like old Keith Yandel in GM mode, so I will forever think of him as that.
0: Yeah, which I think is accurate. I, like, that, that's the most reasonable one, I think. That's and, where he was best, too. So. Yeah, and, yeah, sense. and he was there for, like, a decade, basically, or just under a decade, where, you know, he played he played six years or five years in Florida, which was a good amount of time, but still. Um, yeah, so he announced his retirement, and obviously, you know, like, very good player, not Hall of Fame worthy. The only reason he would ever even get close to making it is probably because of that Iron Man streak, but I don't think so. Um and then we get the next retirement, and this was the one really surprising one of the day, I would say, and that's PK Subban, um, and it's just surprising because he's still, you know, for he's not young, but he's relatively young compared to you know Char, especially the third one coming up, and and even Yandel, like Subban's thirty two. Um, You know, obviously he has not been himself over the past two or three years. You know, his back, the back injuries just piled up, but he announced his retirement. There were some reports out that he was maybe interested in going back to Montreal or going to Toronto. And those were the only two options. And apparently when neither of those looked feasible, he just said, screw this. I'm uh, I'm not doing anything. Which
1: surprised me because he had a little bit of a resurgence last year. Now I can see how teams would want to give maybe some of their younger players ice time and, run of him and whatnot it's not like he was awful last year so i was a little surprised by this one yeah
0: he wasn't a nine million dollar defenseman but he was a one and a half million dollar defenseman last year
1: yeah he seemed like the classic guy who was like just overrated by his contract which reminds me of like vinny LeCavalier cavalier almost mm-hmm. where That's he was like one. really really good best at his position maybe for a really short period of time and then the 30s were just not kind to him and he's gone younger than players who have a peak as good as he does usually are.
0: What's actually ironic too is if that report about Toronto being true, like is true, it looks really bad now because obviously Sandine's not signing. Lilligren's hurt already. <laughs> like the the injuries are already starting to pile up in Toronto and it almost looks like they could use some depth on the right side.
1: Yeah, if he was willing to sign, like, Leakman or whatever, you could, you could do a lot worse than that, I would think. Although, I'm not going to pretend to know how that cap works with them, the way
0: Toronto's running it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing, too, It's like, I also heard people bring up, it's, like, it's very possible Subban just didn't want to sign for Leakman, and that's fair, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because salary drop-offs like that are pretty rare, and that's got to hurt the pride.
0: Yeah, and even so. just, like... You're like the grind of an NHL season is long. Like you're a millionaire. If yeah, and the options are go relax. And he's already got stuff lined up. Like he's already apparently doing a, se- a series like that. <laughs> Peyton's places. He's doing that for, like PK's places, right? Like just going to say
1: that. I don't know exactly if he has a deal lined up, but let's be honest. He can walk into a TV deal if he wants one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So he's already got something with NHL.com or NHL network. from what I've heard, so, you know, like, He's already got that, but yeah, he'll be an analyst on Sportsnet or TSN or one of the ones in TNT or uh, ESPN in the States. Like, absolutely. So, you know, like obviously the salary won't be quite as big, but, you know, if you take, if you're only going to get, only is obviously a very relative term, but if your options are 850 k to absolutely go through the grind of a season, maybe not even get in the lineup every night and, you know, risk, honestly, let's be honest too, like risk back injuries if his back is maybe still bugging him. Or the other option is you don't have to go through that grind, still probably get paid a couple hundred K to uh, analyze hockey uh, for one of the biggest uh, media networks and do what you love anyways. That's a fair choice to make if you take that latter one.
1: Yeah. I, I respect taking
0: the latter one. I probably wouldn't have shoes too. Yep. So um, yeah, no, PK Subban, a guy who absolutely, you know, Great career burst on the scene. One of Norris um, was all was literally in the conversation for best uh, defenseman on earth. If it wasn't for Eric Carlson, like he was number two for about three years there, at least. Yeah, yeah his peak was crazy. Yeah. So and then obviously just had the drop off. But um, who do you think of? Like, do you are you going to consider him a Pred or a Canadian?
1: I I also still think Canadian.
0: Uh, me too. I and I th- I just like I, I think it was honestly Puck Soup. I can't remember if it was who said it on there, but it's almost like the most iconic picture they keep thinking of him is him scoring that goal against the Boston Bruins and pulling his jersey. That is literally what I think of every time I think of PK Subban or him just laying up Marshawn with a massive hit at the blue line on that same series.
1: When you said most iconic, that image literally like flashed through my head. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is
0: where he's going, even though I've never heard you say this sentence before. Literally. Right. So like, yes, that's Subban will be a have in my mind, but he's usually on the print. Like, I feel like it's going to be revisionist history because Subban's now out of the league and Yossi's still like a top 10 defenseman right now or whatever. But it was Subban dragging those, not dragging, it was Subban leading those elite, elite defense cores in Nashville during that cup run year.
1: Yeah, he was the best player on the team, unless I'm missing somebody. But I'm pretty sure he was. Depending
0: on the week, maybe Pekarene,
1: but. Yeah, yeah. that was the only thing I considered in that. But yeah, it was. Subban was still elite for, what, two or three years in Nashville?
0: Yeah. It right, only been the, two. I think it was two. He had the one bad year in Nashville, and that's when he got moved out. Um, yeah. And that was, you know, when he started really getting injured. But, um, yeah. yeah, came over to Nashville, played the 16, 17 year. That's the cup final run. Uh, and then they went to the – was it the conference final? Or sec, no, second round. They lost to Winnipeg the year after. Uh, but he was still amazing that year, too. 59 points, 82 games. Um, you know, like really good underlying numbers. And then yeah, the following year played 63 games, and that's when his back injury started to act up. But um, absolutely amazing career. And you know, I think it'll be just a matter of time before we see him on our TVs for you know, at least one channel that has him on the TV. Yeah, and hockey will be better for it. Yep, absolutely. Like he was always a bold personality, but you know, it was great. Like we need a, it was a good bold personality.
1: Yeah, he's gonna piss people off, but he'll get people talking in the same way of like. Like, you know, the way Decor talks about, like, Shannon Sharp all the time. Yeah. Like, because they're really interesting, even though they're somewhat controversial, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, a lot of things that he say are controversial aren't, like – Like, there's going to be things that NHL players say are controversial. because, like, oh, this guy just seems like a bad person. That yeah. doesn't seem like so bad. And, obviously, we don't know. But, like, just everything he did with the Montreal Charities and all that. Like, there's videos of him, you know. Like, every any reporter you talk to in Montreal and even Nashville would say, like, for all the stuff he did on camera for those charities, he did like triple off camera too.
1: Yeah. Which is fantastic. Cause he's clearly just a good person and yeah. some people have a hard time with that, but it's very obviously true. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, and then, so Subban one-ups the handle and then Chara comes over the top rope and absolutely one-ups them both. Not a surprising announcement, but kind of hilarious. They couldn't spread it out <laughs> a day or two. Um, so now Chara announces his retirement. It kind of seemed like he wanted to maybe, uh, play again this year too but it didn't look really look like a team was going to take him um and you know fair enough like he just looked you know if he was a 7th d for a team maybe but i don't think he wanted to be that and that's fair enough but he just has not been himself for a couple years now and you know this is one where as cool as this to watch a 44 year old play hockey and be like wow that guy is very old for this league also at the same time you kind of want to just go like man this is one of the best defensemen of multiple generations to be honest like because his career spans so long but definitely of the mid 2000 like the 2010s era for sure um I want to remember him of that not as a guy who's being an absolute journeyman with like like I had to go and google that he actually played for the Washington Capitals yeah I forgot about that and I think like, he he even looked and his numbers
1: weren't awful but he looked washed I remember watching remember the playoff series against Ottawa we watched at your place, like. Yeah. Five years ago, Five he was cooked at that point. But yeah, this guy is slam dunk first ballot
0: hall of famer. A borderline oh borderline. Yeah. Generational in defenseman there. He is walking in day one, you know, like it should be almost unanimous to or unanimous. Like just absolutely put him in there. He's headlining his class Do you think Suban's a Hall of Famer? I don't. Do you? <sighs> I think if you had stingier rules, no, but I do think he probably has a good case to get in now. Like, he's got a Norris, a gold medal, a World Juniors gold. Yeah. How many guys can say they have all three of those and aren't in? It wouldn't
1: shock me if Subban gets in, but he's also behind TJ Brody in career
0: war. Yeah, but like... I mean, I don't think the Hall of Fame voters are going to care about Career War.
1: No, but they'll be—they could be right about Subban for the
0: wrong reasons. If that makes I sense, wouldn't shock me. I think he's a fringe guy. I yeah. wouldn't be mad if he got in though, like especially just seeing like some of the Oilers dynasty defense when we've been putting in lately. That's also true, but I'm just thinking like
1: Subban is worse than guys that won't get in, and he might not get let in for BS reasons, even though like his uh, isolated expected goals against is probably the real reason he shouldn't get in. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But back to, sorry, back to Chara. Like there's not much that needs to be said about his career. Like the dude has reinvented himself three different times because, you know, everyone goes back to the whole thing of like, like he is undisputedly the best free agent signing in league history.
1: Yeah, I forgot. I always forget he's a free agent signing. to be Literally, honest.
0: because the, the option was him or Redden in Ottawa. And it looks horrible now. But at the time, it was in 5 06, They were coming off a playoff loss too. And you know the, that was when the rules changed. And it looked like speed and skill was the new name of the game, which it absolutely was. And at that point, Chara was a big-bodied guy who they turned into a fighter with some skill as well in Ottawa, but not this top-tier elite defenseman. And he just kept growing his game into his 30s.
1: Yeah, he's just the outlier of all outliers. The fact that he was amazing in like 2010, given he was drafted in the 90s, I'm pretty sure is just freaking insane.
0: Oh yeah, he was drafted in '96. He played. Yeah,
1: he so was the mid
0: 90s. <laughs> literally, he was in his 30s when he got to Boston. Played a thousand games with Boston. Yeah, that's absolutely freaking nuts. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, just congrats on an absolutely amazing career. Obviously a Stanley cup, uh, three more visits, I believe. No, maybe only two. He didn't go with Ottawa. He, that he left the year. Ottawa went to the cup final. Um, but two more with Boston that they lost 19 and 13, but, uh, just absolutely insane. So, um, yeah, that's the retirement news. Um, Couple signings we have to break down as well. One massive, massive deal, and it is the one and only Nathan McKinnon signs his extension a year before it is up. Signs eight years, $12.6 million per 100K more than Connor McDavid. So he does officially break the barrier, but not by much. Um, so much for taking a discount, eh?
1: Yeah. And you knew that was going to happen too
0: absolutely and i don't blame him go get your money no
1: yeah don't take a discount
0: i would take 100 million dollars for how good i am and how underpaid he's been for a number of years all day i still saw people being like oh this is still a steal it's like it is in terms of like all good players in the nhl are probably underpaid yeah but like Uh, it
1: won't be a steal relative to the next matthews contract
0: no at, or like McKinnon's a man. little
1: overrated in, in the public opinion, I think.
0: Yes, he is. Like, I still think a lot of people consider him the third best player in the world and best player on his team, and that's just not true. Yeah, he's a
1: distinct tier below guys like Matthews and McDavid, even McCarr at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, like, Um, Even still, though he's still which, obviously a league. Yes, that is not a diss on Nathan McKinney. He's still a top 10 player in the league and, like, top five centers.
1: Yeah, and I'd I'd rather have this contract than not have this contract, and I wouldn't even have to think twice about it. I I just um, think he's...
0: Yeah, like, he's just... I think he's appropriately paid now. Yeah. And as the cap keeps going up, I think this deal will age very finely. You know, like... Yeah, it
1: should be good. He he won't be the highest-paid player in the league for long, but you know what? He's done so well the past few, few years, he deserves it for a little bit.
0: Yep, exactly. So honestly, I don't have much more to break down on this contract. Just
1: No, I don't think there's much to like hot take or analyze, like I said. I guess it's my mildly hot take is that he's slightly overrated by the public. I don't believe that so strongly that I think this contract's a mistake or anything, at which point there's really not much
0: else to say. No, exactly. Like him being slightly overrated just means like, oh, yeah, like 12.6 is probably – good to fair value for McKinnon, not absolutely still steal money, right? Like Yeah, exactly. He's just, oh, wow. Guy got probably what he's worth. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. So um, the other contract, you know, Barrett Hayton signed a deal two years, 1.75. That's fine. Good for him. Um, the other deal I want to talk about though, the Florida Panthers signed Spencer Knight to a deal, $4.5 million per three years. So $13.5 million uh, he'll kick in when he's 22, I believe, because it doesn't kick in until next year. Uh, or maybe he's 22 now. Let me just... No, he's 21 right now. So he'll be 22 when it kicks in. Um, before I go on a rant, do you understand this contract? Because I do not effing understand what Florida is doing here.
1: Well, say at a high level, I get it. They're just betting on the upside of their young goalie who they picked. At this point, like, historically high. Like, goalies just don't go that high anymore and probably won't again.
0: Right, um, but they're, they're not betting on the upside, or else this would have been a five-plus-year deal.
1: <laughs> That's the thing. You want, like, you want term if you're going to – if so you're I just, know. like, he's grossly undervalued right now, yeah, you want huge term on that.
0: Yeah, like, this is a insane AAV to be giving a guy who has 36 men games played. Like, he's been fine. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been good. He's just been... I think he has a 908 save percentage, and by any basically any statistic, he's just been okay.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think Micah had him as, as league average, which at his age is good, but it's not which, like... Yeah,
0: but you don't need to pay 4.5. If And, like, I don't... Why are you signing this now? You had a full year to do this deal. At yeah, least, I... Like, how much is his price tag going up if he, he posts a 9.16 this year?
1: Well, that's the thing. If you want to bridge him anyways, which is basically what a three-year deal is, this price probably isn't going up a ton. Like, even if he puts up a 9.25, what are you going to give him? On a
0: three-year deal, like six? Yeah, if that. Like, because you still probably are going to go like, oh, he only played 50 games this year. We have under 100 games of data.
1: Like yeah, yeah, you still have such a limited sample size that
0: not that it doesn't matter. But, but it's, it just doesn't
1: make sense. Yeah, like, and like one season can't sway that
0: a time. No, and, and so like I would totally understand this contract if it was six plus years, basically, because it'd be like, Well, you drafted this guy really high, you know, he's looked fine so far. So if you want to believe he's gonna keep growing, and the upside of that, like the upside of paying a guy $4.5 million if he's a top 10, top five kind of goalie is so much more worth it than, you know, the downside. Because honestly, like, look at the John Gibson contract. John Gibson hasn't been good in four or five years. And there's still people who are like, the Leafs should give up like good picks to go get him. So
1: you're actually an idiot if you don't think you should give up multiple high picks to get Gibson on some
0: sections of week Twitter. It, exactly. So it's like any high pedigree guy who has been looked good at one point Is going to be movable anyway so i would understand it was a long-term contract but in three years it's like you could have signed this for like 2.2 and that would have made more sense
1: yep yeah that would have made sense because to me also you have to target one of two things if you're florida because that bob contract you can't do anything about so you either want a value once bob's contract is like you want this to be a steal while bob's still on his contract or you want to be able to collect surplus value after bob's contract's gone i would have guessed
0: yeah and that's the other thing too is like i'm completely ignoring it because you know like to me i've almost viewed bob's contract as a sunk cost at this point like i've seen a lot of people hot taking like oh how can they possibly spend 15 million dollars on their goalie it's like well they're going to like i don't know if that's the greatest strategy in the world but you can't move the bob contract so you know, your your second option shouldn't be to just not sign your goaltender you think is the future. But yeah, but that doesn't, like, I just, you know, I agree in terms of, like, you shouldn't be giving him $4.5 million if you're just going to breach him.
1: Yeah, and also, is he going to be a starter? I, did,
0: I don't know. Like, I'm assuming they're going to tandem split him this year.
1: Yeah, and Bob's 34, so maybe you can tandem split him this year and then start like, to go
0: so this is what i don't understand like carter Hart got 3.9 million dollars 3.979 so just a shade under four for three years he got the same three-year bridge deal at uh 22 like the exact same age as well uh, when yep. he signed it he would have been uh august 9th 2021 so he and he's 20 he would have been 22 at the time as well so literally the same deal Carter Hurt was coming off a 31-game season with a 917 save percentage, and then a 43-game season with a 914, in which he also played 14 playoff games and had a 926 in those 14 playoff games.
1: That and is, If I remember correctly, his underlying numbers were even better.
0: Yeah, I think so. And like, like that is infinitely better than Spencer Knight has looked over, you know, he he played four games in 2020 21, and with a 919 and then a 933 in two playoff games. Like, sure, those are great numbers, but it's six games. Um, and then he had a 908 in 32 NHL games last year, which again, like, it's fine. Like, that's good for a goal his age. But the comparable, the direct comparable is Carter Hart. And you gave no. him 600K more.
1: And he did this all on a much better team. A much, yeah. much, much better team.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I just, I don't understand this deal at all. <laughs> I, like, I'm sure it'll be fine value. Like, if you tell me at the end of this contract, Spencer Knight, play better than a $4.5 million player. I'd be like, yeah, sure. But it doesn't make this signing smart because by the time you figure out whether he's worth 4.5 or not, you're going to have to just pay him again.
1: That's the weirdest part. (laughs) It's like, you know, on the PFF forecast where Eric hates like bridge quarterbacks because if it works, you just have to pay them what they're worth anyways. It's like, congrats, you got a year out of them. That's probably what happens here is Mm -hmm. you end up with one... Like he's obviously going to be worth more than 900k this year, and then I think, say, he develops a little bit, you end up with one of those years is like a gigantic steal, which is cool and all, but I would have just said, you know, dream bigger. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're uh, gonna do it, or break. All
0: right, let's move on to the division preview. I know you got to go in under an hour here, so um, let's get right into it. First team. Uh, there's also this some news with quick. this team. Uh, yeah, this is uh, the only. This is the only team I had truly in the rebuilding category for this division. Yeah, um, Philadelphia Flyers. This team looked bad before. It looked like Sean Couturier might be done for like a long part of the season. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> this seems team is with horrid without Sean Couturier.
1: Yeah, there's there's pretty much nothing to be excited about here.
0: No. And like, so, and for anyone who doesn't know, like Sean Couturier, he was announced healthy and then he got to camp and they're like, we want a second opinion. And then he was possibly going to be out all year. And now they're saying he's only going to be week to week. Um, so very, very, very up in the air, but what is actually wrong with Sean Couturier here? But considering this is year one of an, a full eight year deal uh, with, he has a, no, a full no move for seven of the years and he is already this banged up. That's probably not a good sign.
1: Yeah, that's a very, very bad sign for a team like we said that has already got pretty much no talent on their roster, unless you're like Travis Konechny's mother or something.
0: Cam York, like, yeah, and that's that's a good prospect, but that's I need a breakout I, season. I drafted my fan, I drafted him the last <laughs> pick in fantasy, or I picked them up on waivers. Sorry. Like you laugh if they offer you Cam York for Rasmus Sandin. <laughs> It's Cam York and Bobby Brankley. Those are the two guys to watch this year, right? And yep. then, like Travis Kudelski is obviously a good player, but he's not a needle mover that you're going to tune in for. And I just don't see what he does on this team either.
1: Yeah, he's not a superstar, so he's probably going to need help. And uh, he doesn't have that—that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Carter hard, I
1: guess. If he yeah.
0: returns well, to then, form, would be huge. But that's the biggest thing, right? Like getting harder. That Hart might just look cost him. you Bedard well exactly like, it's kind of tough like lose-lose scenario because either i mean the, the best case scenario is heart looks good but your team is so bad it doesn't matter but it's yeah. probably either heart is good enough to yeah take you out of the bottom slot or two which really hurts your chances at bedard or heart isn't good and suddenly the guy you had pegged as your franchise goalie uh is actually not very good and you need to find start over at that position too which would suck because that yeah. would be three
1: bad years in a row for him
0: yeah, so, yeah, this is definitely a rebuilding year. It doesn't look like Ryan Ellis is going to play at all this year either, which is super unfortunate. Um, yeah, that's too bad. Well, yeah, so with Couturier out for even a small part of time, who knows how long that'll be, um, they're running Kevin Hayes as their one C probably? I would think so. A top line of Atkinson, Hayes, Konechny? That's got to be one of the worst in the league.
1: Yeah, it's got to be the worst—not Chicago, Arizona line.
0: Even Chicago, I'll take Patrick Kane <laughs> and Jonathan Taves over Hayes and Connecting, probably. Yeah,
1: well, a five-on-five, five, maybe not, but
0: yeah, that maybe yeah, that's. But like that's, like that's where we're at with this team. Yeah, there's just not a lot to get excited about. And Chicago is like hilariously one of the worst teams we have previewed, like. Yep. So, um, yeah, like it's going to be a long year, I think, for Flyers fans. So a successful year is definitely embracing the rebuild finally because they've seemed to be so in between for so many years. Like, I think a successful year is they probably can get off of JVR at the deadline this year if they retain half salary. Um, move I think travel- so. yeah, I mean, some teams got to give up like a fourth for him.
1: Yeah, he should still put up like 40 points, probably, even mm. though he's. Back to being atrocious defensively, but still.
0: Yeah. Um, move Travis Sandheim, who needs a new contract this offseason. And honestly, if you can move guys that connect me, go and do that too. Yeah.
1: Just start stripping up for parts. Ideally, you don't have Rasmus Ristolainen recently extended, you don't have Kevin Hayes recently signed in free agency and all that stuff. He
0: but didn't you Just do. trade
1: for D'Angelo and sign him. Yeah, but and none of those deals are going anywhere, which I okay. guess you need humans to play.
0: Yeah, but like, I don't know. I think that's also overrated. You can sign humans to play every offseason. That's also true, right? Like, so uh yeah, this team is going to suck. I'm trying to find Dom Lischien's uh preview for them real quick. I know he has most of the teams
1: up now. DraftKings has him at 73 points. 73.5,
0: if you want to be technical. That seems about reasonable. He actually has a team below them in Columbus. In the Metro? Yes. Really?
1: Yes, he does. That's wild. That's a that's a seven-point difference on DraftKings, if anybody uh, wants to go throw some money down on that, depending on what
0: you feel about Dom's model. That surprises me. It surprises me a little, too. Now, the team... I don't know. I'm not high on the team he has below them, too, but I don't think they're going to be this bad. I'm just trying to see if they even have point totals in Dom's article, but Dom actually 76.5. He has, uh... oh, wait, no, sorry. This is 2021. Oh, damn it. Sorry. Uh...
1: I'm thinking if Johnny Gaudreau has more war than like half the Flyers, I'm not going to be that sh- shocked. I mean, half them combined.
0: Yeah, like I, I don't even know. Uh, you know so, here's them as a fifth worst team in the league, fifty-five percent chance to land in the league's bottom five, which that seems that seems way like I would have given them like a seventy-five percent chance in the bottom five. They see. Like the one thing maybe we're not considering here is they did hire John Jordan as their coach this offseason. Yeah, and. But the East is so much better than the West, it, West too yes, it absolutely is I do like I just get I already said I could see this team going like 20 wins or 24 wins or whatever a bunch of losses but like 15 overpoint overtime points yeah yeah get the towards back going so maybe that's the same reason I just I don't know I, to me this is the worst roster in probably the East to be honest it's Devin, like one Atlantic
1: team. Yeah, and at least you can imagine how the Habs could improve because there's, like, young players worth caring about. That's not true of this
0: team. No, not really, right? Like, it's, like, Cam York. Again, Like Cam York and Bobby Brink are the two most exciting parts about this team. Yeah. Bobby Brink I used as a comparable with Drake Batherson. Drake Batherson might be, like, the sixth most exciting part of Ottawa this year.
1: Yeah, and I said you wouldn't trade uh, Cam York for Rasmus Sandin one for one, even though Sandin doesn't have a contract. And that was the Leafs' seventh defenseman last year.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be a tough uh, tough road for this team. That's for sure. Um, all right. On to the next tier, I have playoff hopefuls. I have three teams in this tier, and I think they're kind of close to a fourth team in the division. Um, the bottom team I have in this tier, so seventh in the division is the Columbus Blue Jack. Okay. I
1: have them in their own tier. I think they're distinctly worse than two of the other playoff hopefuls.
0: I agree with but, that. I just kind of, I think they are playoff hopeful. I don't know if they're going to be close to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I have, the, I don't even think like for my, what makes it a success for this team? It isn't playoffs. It's just Goudreau still looks like Goudreau. And then a couple of the young guys take steps. Cause I don't think playoffs are really in the picture for them.
0: Holy these. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just going through Donald's rankings right now. I'm I'm pretty sure it's from worst to first. Unless.
1: Yeah, I think he did it that way. He started with Arizona. then.
0: He's got Buffalo third last. Really? Yeah. He's got.
1: I mean, Buffalo is still probably pretty
0: bad. Yeah. They're not great, but like, I don't know. I like them more than Philly and Chicago. I do too. Especially power coming up. Yeah, he's got the Coyotes, the Canadians, the Sabers as the bottom three. The Hawks, fourth last. Uh, oh, now I've lost it. The Blue Jackets, then the Flyers, then the Sharks. Hmm. That is not the order I expected. No, me either. I, I'm pretty sure these are all actually in order. I'll try to find a Twitter thread as well, but. Um, yeah, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I, I think that they're. Um, I, I agree with that. They're they're not as good as the teams ahead of them, but they're also not Philly bad, in my opinion. Um,
1: yeah, they're just because of
0: Kudrow, basically. Yeah, exactly. There's and difference. like, Hell I don't even. Know. I I don't agree with anything this team's really done. I people say like the, the Panarin trope for a while too. Is like, oh, well, star talent won't always be around. It's like, well, we said that with Panarin two years ago, and Kudrow is already up, and we're using the same narratives for that. Now I'm not saying, Pan- or Kudrow is as good as Panarin, but like, just because he's available doesn't mean you need to sign him.
1: No, Kudrow also might be better than Panarin. He might also be worse, but
0: like now maybe. But I mean, when he signed, yeah, like Kudrow. Goudreau. Goudreau has
1: had like two hard trophy caliber seasons. I guess Panarin did literally win one, but
0: yeah, and had another hard. Esque season right before too, if I yeah. remember it correctly,
1: or maybe yeah. Gaudreau did of, it was in one a
0: Chicago, year. Chicago, Chicago.
1: yeah, Gaudreau's just came in a year where Matthews was, and McDavid did so yeah. stupid things that you don't really get recognized. Unfortunately for him,
0: yeah, exactly. And like, so I like Goudreau. Like, I think Goudreau and Line a will be an interesting combination together. But like, for this team to be good, Kent Johnson, and Cole Sillinger need to be like really good right away.
1: Yeah, which I don't think they will be. That's pretty unfair to them. I think if you're Columbus, you want to see them be like 50-point guys with decent underlying numbers, and you're like, hey, this
0: entire season was a success. Yeah, I agree. Because And then even like on the back end, you probably need like a legit step from Adam Boquis. Yeah. Yeah, you need Boquist to be like a two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're running it like And, and Murenski to back, bounce back, too. He didn't have the greatest year last year, if I remember correctly. I don't think he did either. He'll
1: still get his points because he plays on power play, but
0: yeah, so like like you need some legit bounce back. Some of it might happen, but like assuming all of it will happen together is just so risky. Yeah, it's it's not gonna happen almost certainly,
1: unless they get like crazy goaltending. And yeah, Ken Johnson and Cylinder are amazing, but
0: and the worst part about that is like if all five of those things we just listed go right, I still don't think they're a divisional winning team. I think they're a playoff, de- like a wild card team.
1: Yeah, they're still probably not better than Carolina.
0: <laughs> he had a better year than I thought last year? He just got kind of unlucky offensively, I think.
1: Yeah, he drove play relatively well. The puck didn't go in that, but I don't think that's going to change.
0: Like no, it's like, not like
1: they're loaded I mean, with feeding, shooting talent. All of a sudden, the
0: puck to Gugulo now will probably help on it, like a power play too. Yeah, but. it definitely won't hurt but
1: it's not like Gaudreau is going to single-handedly flip the team's shooting talent.
0: No, he's not getting placed on the Tampa Bay Lightning or anything like that. Exactly. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, this team, I I like the four-core enough in terms of, like, to yeah. be just a, a fine team. Yeah, or even long-term. Like, they have some pieces here for sure. But, hey, the defense core is just not good. Enough, and they're spending way too much money on a lot, a lot of these guys. Like, yeah, that's paying... the problem, right? Like, the line, you know. It's nice
1: to have line on your forward or you don't want him at almost nine.
0: No, well, same with like Vorchek as like a third line player is fine. He's still making 8.25. Yeah. Yeah. So That's, you just don't want that. No, exactly. Like, how many points did he had? six, like, he had 62 points last year, but six goals and 56 assists? I'd be curious to see how many of those were like secondary assists, too.
1: Yeah, probably a lot. I know Mike is passing metric does love him, and like he is clearly a
0: legitimately talented pass. Well, but, yeah, but like again, not for 8.25. He's making ten percent of the cap this year, and he's still the fourth most paid player. So you just uh, can't. Yeah, that. that's yeah, no, like that's very bad. And then obviously, good Branson. We don't even need to get into that. But yeah, I I think this team will be. the kind of reminds of like the devils of last year maybe where it's like they're clearly going to have some talent, but also I just don't think, and especially with their goaltending duo, I just don't think it's all going to come together. And they're going to look really good for like two week stretches where everyone's going to be like, see, this team just needs it. Like next year's the year they put it all together. And then there's going to be like six week stretches where it's like, God, this is one of the worst teams in the league. Yep. That sounds, (laughs) that sounds about
1: right. There's going to be multiple stretches where it's going to be nothing but bad. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's going to be a lot of making fun of Goodrow for choosing choosing Columbus this year. I have a feeling.
0: Yes, I would also agree with that. Um, all right, let's get on to the sixth team in this division, and I find this is like the true like wild card hopeful teams kind of thing. Um, who did you have sixth, and who did you have fifth?
1: At uh, sixth, I have I'm off market here. I have the Islanders. I also have the Islanders. Okay, interesting. I didn't know I, if that was going to be a hot take or not.
0: I wasn't sure either. Um, I think they are really close with the Devils, to be honest. Like, I don't feel super passionate one way or the other about ranking either of these teams ahead of each other.
1: Yeah, it's pretty funny that the Devils didn't do anything crazy in the offseason and a 20-plus point gap. It's like, eh, they're probably
0: equal teams. Yeah, and it's just like, I think part of that is, I mean, A, like, I think the Devils did underperform. And just like a full... I think I'm baking in a full year of Jack Hughes and probably still improving a little bit.
1: Yeah. Oh, we- Jack Hughes might pop this year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, the Islanders get a full year of Jean-Gabriel Pagiot being 33 years old. Like,
1: Yeah. Like, I think Dobson missed. Oh, no, Dobson didn't even miss time. Like, Dobson might pop, but... <laughs> if Dobson and Jack Hughes both take a jump, uh, Jack Hughes is the one that's going to end up as like a top 10 player in the league. And Dobson's going to be like a, Oh, this guy's a number one defenseman, I guess, which is cool. But those two things just aren't on the same scale.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and honestly, like, if, you, if it, a, it wasn't for Sorokin, that's for sure. It's like Sorokin is the big X factor on this team, obviously. Cause like, he was amazing last year. They still missed the playoffs by 20-something points. Um, but also, like, I expect him to be very good again this year. Like, I don't expect him to be a 906 goalie or anything like that. But if it wasn't for solely him and just probably the fact that they've now had, like, six years in a, a row where their results are still better than they probably should have been, given their, what their roster looks like, like, I would have this team down with Philly, maybe worse than Philly. Their full report is so horrendous it's bad and like every year I try and switch it Uh, ironically other than last year last year I was like a little higher on them in terms of like oh I'm buying in like they had decent analytics two years ago back-to-back conference finals and then they finally did shit to bed but part of that I think was their starting schedule where they started like a month and a half on the road because their stadium wasn't ready
1: yeah they were a lot better in the
0: second half of the year so um you know like that's part of it definitely baked in um Okay, okay. So I also want to go back and just clarify something. The Athletic is their interface is very annoying and not good, if you ask me. Um they were not posting the orders, uh, articles in order. I just went to the actual uh um thread that China has. And it oh, goes yeah. Coyotes last, Canadian second last, blackhawks third last, Buffalo fourth last, flyers fifth last, and blue jackets sixth last. Now okay. the the projection between the Flyers and uh, Jackets, Flyers have seventy six point five point projection, and Blue Jackets have seventy six point six. So it is they're basically tied.
1: Yeah, there's functionally no difference there.
0: Yeah, but I want to point that out. And then shockingly, you get to the next team. Dom actually has the Islanders as well at eighty nine point one points, mm-hmm. sixth in this division. So um, yeah, look at us. Yeah, um, yeah, like they're just their four core is just like. It's someone like the names of it are just so not impressive. Like, and I, I do and think it's probably, getting older too. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like four years ago we said this wasn't impressive. Now these guys are legitimately all into their mid-30s. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. Because everybody's like, oh, they've outperformed it for years. Like, yeah, well, outperforming outrunning those numbers is a lot easier at 28 than it is at 32.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like I'm probably underrating guys like Brock Nelson. Like, he's not yeah. a star or anything like that, but he is probably a little better than I give him credit for or whatever. But Chris always says that. He's like, defense is a skill. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they,
1: they do have a lot of defensive talent.
0: And still. like and, and there's Lee's another guy where it's like, I don't really think of him as this, like, great player, but he is very, very good.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, you can't win games negative one to zero.
0: And that's the thing. And this team just, like, they're four-court unless like Oliver Wallstrom absolutely pops off, they're going to struggle to score goals like crazy again.
1: Yeah. And even still like if you're Wallstrom hoping for him to pop, Matt Barzell had like one of the best rookie seasons we've seen in two decades And he has been butchered on this team, and everyone's convinced it's because of the lack of surrounding talent. So what are the odds Oliver Wallstrom's all of a sudden going to be freaking amazing if a guy like Barzell can't even be half as good as people believe he was supposed to be on this team?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, And then, yeah, like a a positive year for this team is probably, as you said, Dobson becoming a legit number one, and then Romanov just being good? Yep which i'm skeptical of yeah me too like nothing to the dobson thing i could see yeah yeah dobson
1: puts together a 65 point season i could definitely see that he was good last year at young age
0: yeah exactly so like those are probably the two kind and like obviously they're going to want to make playoffs but like yeah it's got to all come together and um it'll be interesting to see if pelican pulak can rebound they didn't have the greatest years last year
1: no, in which no one on the team really did, which makes sense. I would think they will bounce back.
0: Yes, I, I would agree. So, um, but yeah, and then Annette Sorokin, Barumov, um, you know, that's the one thing. That's the one place I do feel confident they will be good in, is net. which I mean, it's relatively relative confidence as you can have for goalies.
1: Yes, because you know, like I said, they will be responsible defensively in front of them too. So even if they're league average, they'll have, probably have above, above league average save percentages. And there's good um, reason to think they'll be above league average on Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah,
0: I I just like it's getting to the point where it's like their fourth line is still projected to be Matt Martin, Casey Sazikas, Cal Clutterbuck. It's like those three guys I just named are 33, 31, and 34 years old. How much longer can we keep doing this realistically?
1: Yeah, not that much longer. They were not good enough to begin with to be able to outrun aging curves
0: that badly. Yeah. So, um, all right, next team on the list, and I probably no surprise who I have here. Uh, I already said that I don't think these two teams are that much apart, and that's the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, that's who I had, too. Um, I don't know. Are they the Devils ahead or behind the Islanders in the betting market? They're behind by two full points. Hmm. Uh, so Dom has the Devils at 90.4 and the Islanders at 89.1. So he has the Devils ahead by a point. Okay, so that's not too, too far off, actually. No, and that's kind of what I have is like, that's kind of where I settled with this team, too, which is actually, like, I feel much better knowing that that's kind of where, like, I literally said that I could see these two teams being a point apart, so that, that makes me kind of, it makes me feel a little bit better that the stats back that up as well, but, um, yeah, you mentioned that the Devils didn't do much this offseason, they did add just, like, a lot more NHL talent, though, again.
1: Yeah, they added a lot of depth. They didn't do anything particularly crazy, but no, like, they got a bunch of functional players.
0: They gave Andre Pilat probably too much money, but he is a very solid player. Yep. Like, he's a legit top six guy, which will help that top six and be much needed. Um, you know, they also added, like, John Marino, who's a very solid second pair guy, I would say.
1: Yep, something like that.
0: Um, you know, and that goes... And then they added... uh some homework... Oh as they? well. air Hall. Yeah. 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 So, which again, like, not. And they may add
1: one of Nemec or Hughes as well.
0: Yes, exactly. And that's the thing, right? So, right now, Nemec's not penciled in their lineup. He might make it eventually, but they right now are a, a right side at defense of Damon Severson, Dougie Hamilton, John Marino. That's a pretty good three to have.
1: Yeah, it's a very good three, especially when both Hughes and Nemec are right handed, if I remember correctly. Nemec for sure is. Yeah, Hughes might not be, but. That's yeah. still very, very ridiculous right side.
0: Yeah. And then on the left side, they have Ryan Graves, Jonas Siegenthaler, Brendan Smith. I, I doubt Hughes will play this year, but Nemec, they just were seriously debating. Um, obviously, the left side, a bunch weaker than the right. But, you know, even like Ryan Graves and Jonas Siegenthaler, if they're playing with good partners on the right side, you can do worse options than those.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you have Ryan Graves with Dougie Hamilton and Hamilton bounces back or whatever, you're still pretty happy with that pairing, even though it's not like an amazing first pair
0: yep exactly and then up front they have this a bunch of talent like their numbers don't pop off on page but I do see them being as one of those teams where it's like like a lot of people were mad at Ottawa's rankings and uh, Dom's model and a big part of it was because his model doesn't just assume linear progression which because you can't (laughs) right yeah you can't just pencil in the young guys to be great yeah and like even if you expect like a guy like Tim Stutzler to take a massive jump same with kind of the idea with Hughes this year it's like even if you know that is something we can foresee you can't just predict it's an automatic thing that will happen
1: yeah it's not that easy
0: because it's
1: ex- yeah exactly when a guy likes does especially, especially who's like mostly a power play merchant um a model's gonna need to see it to believe it at five
0: on five yeah exactly so that's that kind of resembles the devil's team to me a lot as well like their top six right now is listed palat Hishier, jesper bratt that's a really good line, especially if it's a second line if Jack Hughes can step up to draw his own line.
1: Yeah, but like T- Tatar bounces back and him
0: and Hughes can be great or something. Yeah. And then the second line is uh Sharon Govich, Jack Hughes, and Dawson Mercer. Again, right now that oh, second line's too. graded as a C plus. I think that could be, especially if it stays a second line, that could be like an A by the end of the year.
1: Yeah. If because there are very realistic world in which Hughes is like a 90 point player this year
0: and yeah and like dawson mercer's young and a solid player too where it's like if he jumps from you know like he's a 20 year old literally like that's even two years younger than i thought he was but he already had 42 points in 82 games last year if you know hughes jump helps him jump to like a 68 point player or whatever like that's very 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 good yeah that's fantastic so and then um you go down their third line, Andreas Janssen, Eric Halla, Thomas Tatar. Nothing special there, but all just like fine like solid NHL players. And like Tatar up a down year last year, I would kind of expect him to rebound a little bit. Tatar bouncing back would be huge for their forward depth. And then Miles Wood, Jesper Boquist, and Nathan Bastian is what they have listed as a fourth line right now. I gotta admit, I haven't looked too much into it to see if anyone would displace any of those guys. Um I'm just taking a quick peek now. Maybe Michael McLeod, but it's not like that's a needle mover either. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty forgettable. Holtz, I guess, too. Like they have hold like they have a really good prospect pool for how good this team or like for this team looking decent already.
1: They do. I forget about Mercer every time I talk about this team. And that is a 20 year old who is good the, well, he wasn't amazing or anything, but a 20-year-old who's just passable in the NHL or a 19-year-old is, usually goes on to do fantastic things.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then they still have uh, Nemec, 18. Like, obviously, they just drafted him. They have Alexander Holtz in the minors as well. I don't know. I haven't literally looked at where he will be playing this year. He played nine games for them last year um, and then, you know, went down to the AHL, had 51 points in 52 AHL games. That's usually a really good sign that uh, good things are to come.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, And then, yeah, obviously they they also have uh, uh, Luke Hughes as well, who they drafted in 2021. Um, I believe he is committed maybe to go back to Michigan. He's not on their cap friendly. He is is on – I just looked up. He is uh, going back to Michigan this year. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, which is fair enough. But, like, he would be eligible to join them at the end of the year as well, if needed. But, like, that's just even – I'm more talking about past this year. Like, this is a fine roster that I could see sneaking into a wild card spot if things go right for them this year and then they might add like three or four of the top prospects not in the NHL. right now.
1: Yeah exactly they could add like Nemec and Hughes could have NHL ease of like 50 this year and be not in the NHL and they could just add them out of thin air.
0: Literally same with like like if they feel for I think Holtz is going to make this team to be honest.
1: Yeah it'll probably way. be whether they can find him power play time because I think a lot of his production is based on that.
0: Yeah, oh, and that's the thing too, right? Like, you got to put him in a – like, I don't know if playing on a fourth line with, like, Miles Wood and Jesper Boquist or whatever is the best usage for him.
1: Yeah, I I think it's overrated when you say, like, offensive guys can't play low in the lineup, but he seems like one of the guys that might actually be true for from everything I've heard. Yeah, and
0: it just kind of seems like you want to get him with skilled players.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: not that he can't play lower in the lineup. It's just like, are you using him most effectively here? But yeah, and it's what? not like you need him right now either. No, but the other point, like he just put up twenty six goals and twenty five assists in fifty two AHL games. What goals yeah, they have to prove there?
1: There's almost no chance that second power play on this team isn't way better for having him on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then and that is going to be their biggest question, I think, is Vita Vanecek and Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, that's I'm not I'm I'm not loving that tandem. I think if they had. Like, if you put Soroki, like, the, if you put the Islanders duo on this team, they're probably a playoff team in projections, right?
1: Oh, I would think so. They're
0: I mean, that's probably a six-point so swing. So bad last year. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think the bet of like getting a guy like Vannachek, it reminds me a lot of like the Leafs bet, but they don't have a quite, like, they obviously don't have as good of a team. Um, but like, just hoping one of these two guys that have, you know, played well before and had some pedigree or whatever will work out for you. in Like, When there's no other options out there, I don't hate that.
1: Yeah, and it makes more sense for this team because nothing really happens if you miss the playoffs because you're a goaltending. You just get another good pick and a great draft. Like, there's not really pressure on them
0: to win yet. No, I do think there is pressure to them. They remind me of Ottawa Metro, just a little less expectations, but definitely pressure to make it out of the bottom five. I think fans would be very, very upset if they have another bottom five season.
1: Yeah, take a step. Pick
0: 13th at worst kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so let's go on to the next thing. I have one team in the wildcard race, and the, I actually differ, in, differ from Dom's model here, which is a little surprising. Who do you have as the fourth team in this division, and where do you have them ranked, Or how many teams do you have in your next tier, assuming, like, playoff hopeful is these two?
1: I have three teams in the next tier with the caps at the bottom of it by a decent chunk. Yes,
0: yeah, so I have the caps in their own tier of, like, playoff, a wildcard hopeful.
1: Okay, that makes sense. I think they're distinctly worse than, I mean, the Rangers' caps and or Rangers' pens and Hurricanes all haven't been said yet. And I think they're distinctly worse than all those teams.
0: But yeah, they're also too.
1: better than the Devils and Islanders.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, I kind of keep waiting for the caps to fall off, but I've waited for that for like three years now, and it just never happens. So if they just have 97 points and make the playoffs again this year, I wouldn't. I'm not going to be surprised.
1: Yeah, me neither. Although it is worth noting they did come 8th in the East last year. So, like, they didn't hit a cliff, but they're definitely on their way to falling off. Like, the evidence
0: is there. Yeah, exactly. Um, surprisingly, Dom has them in his top 12. Like, he's got the Rangers behind them. Yeah, he's got the, like, they, they haven't been posted on Twitter yet. And we are 20 teams yeah. in now. That really shocks me, because I he's don't... got Vegas behind them. LA, St. Louis. Is that Rangers just a lot of Dems. Kemper love?
1: But yeah, maybe. It's, that's for Shostarkin though, so it probably can't be
0: that. I did, I did forget about the Kemper edition. I will say,
1: yeah, it's probably probably not plus expected value long term, but that's huge for this year.
0: Yes, absolutely, and like they added Connor Brown this year too. Like again, not like. That's not a needle mover, but he is a legit, just like middle six player that will be useful for the team. But, yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, Backstrom's out long term. Tom Wilson's on IR right now. I don't know how serious that is. I forgot Backstrom's out. Yeah, for like a good chunk of the year because, like, there were questions about whether he was ever going to play again.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. Obie's also, we always bring this up. Not who he used to be. I've been working on something to quant to, like, adjust point totals for usage. The only thing Ovi's good at is scoring. I don't even have him in the top 30 of point totals once you adjust for the fact that he plays more power play time than everyone else in the league, and that's your shining star.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, like, granted, I think part of that is you also have to account that he plays more power play time than anyone else in the league, and that's what makes him so effective, but yeah, it's just. Yeah, like, you know Tom it Wilson, he had knee surgery in late May, early June. He's out for six to eight months. So he it's won't almost, be back until December, February, somewhere between December and February.
1: It's not like uh, Wilson's going to be able to kind of cruise into a finesse game either.
0: No. So, like, there's two major injuries to this team. So, up front, you know, they're going to be running. Some form of Ovechkin, Kuznetsov. They gotta hope Oshie's bounce, like he was hurt last year too. And he's already thirty-five.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing because there's a lot more like downside risk with a team that this that's this old because injuries can just start killing you when all of your good players' average age like thirty-three.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, their top six to start the year is probably gonna be what Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Oshie, Mantha. Strong Connor Brown, maybe Connor McMichael if he can take that jump up.
1: Yeah, probably. That's, that's Hopefully, good. McMichael, right?
0: But he had 18 points in 68 games last year. Is he taking a jump to being a legit 2C with like Mantha as his way? Like, I like Anthony Mantha. He's not going to be able to drag Connor Brown and an 18 point centerman around.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, that's not a good look. And they don't have amazing, like, fourth lines
0: or anything either. No, like, I'm like, I like the Dylan Strong pickup, but Dylan Strong's better suited on, like, a third line. Like, I thought yeah, Dylan third. Strong to the Leafs made perfect sense because he could either be the clearly third best player on the Tavares line or be, you know, like, a good depth add for the third or fourth line, not play, like, like this guy almost has to be a second line player for them.
1: Yeah, and he's, like, Yeah, Strom's a league average player, which you're happy to have on your third line, but that's, like, a hope on your second line. That's bad.
0: Yeah. Um, The blue line, too, like, it's just kind of getting older. John Carlson, Dimitri Orlov, like, that was, you know, those have been two very good defensemen for a long time, but, like, Orlov's taken a step back over the past couple years compared to where he was in their cup run. Nick Jensen, TVR, like, and then uh, Gustafson, Irwin, and Ferrari. Like, it's not that great either.
1: It's fine. Yeah, it's passable to get you into the playoffs.
0: I'm shocked this team is ahead of the Rangers. I cannot wait
1: for this write-up because uh, I have a hard – obviously, Dom knows more about this than I do, but I just have a hard time believing that as a snap
0: judgment. Yeah, me too. I'm just like I'm, I'm double checking to make sure I didn't miss them, but no, they haven't been posted on this Twitter thread yet. So, I, yeah, that's yeah. I, I I don't agree with that one, but um, yeah, like I, I this team will be fine. They're gonna get their cookies on the power play and everything, and Darcy Kemper's health is probably gonna determine their season though. Yeah, they also he, this team would look a lot better than the last. Yes, that's the other thing. Is like.
1: If you told me they're in the central, I'd be like, yeah, lock yeah, for third they could, place.
0: Yeah, they could make yeah, exactly, right? They could second, third, first wild card or whatever. Even in the Pacific, it'd be like this team could probably beat out Vancouver and Vegas. And Vegas for a wild card spot. Yeah. Hell but like they I don't think they're that far off of like I think LA's upside is way heavier better, but like I don't think they're like aggressively far off LA or anything like that. Yeah,
1: they'd definitely be in the same tier as LA. So they could make it in either of those West Conferences. But the fact that they're in a relatively good division and they have to play more games against the Atlantic doesn't help either.
0: Yeah, literally. So um, yeah, that's four. Um, and then yeah, so I had a top three teams. It sounds like you have the same top three. You'll see what in order. Um, I have I don't I think all three of these teams will probably be vying for the division. I do think there's one that's a little better than the other two, but I have the Pens third in this division, not by a okay. ton,
1: but I have I the Pens too.
0: I I just never know how to rate. Like I because they're all like yeah, like and we haven't seen Malkin for like two years now, and when we have, he's been amazing. But what Malkin nice to are we it. getting at 36 years old, right? Yeah. Now I would
1: counter the team did fine without them because sure. Mike Sullivan is apparently a wizard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But and they're another one, much like or much like the Islanders. Obviously, they're sort of a way higher base than the Islanders. But, like, even their guys that we always kind of considered old are getting old. Like, Crosby's yeah. 35, Malcolm's 36. But, like, Zucker's 30 now. Brian Rust is 30. Raquel is 29. Jeff Carter is 37. Kasperi Kapanen is 26.
1: Yeah, this is not a young team. They traded for Jeff Petrie. Sounds great, right? right? 34-year-old Jeff
0: Petrie. Literally. And, like, that might have brought the average age down on the blue line. Like, not nah, it didn't actually. But, yeah, like, thirty. Crystal Tang's 35. Brian Dumoulin's 31, right? Like, it's a good team. I'm just – I'm a little worried about, like, the injury risk with this team. But, yes, Mike Sullivan factor can't go on. He is quietly one of the best. Like, he might be the most underrated coach in the NHL. If you told
1: me he's the best coach in the league, I'd be like, yeah, I believe you. This team he's, was running at, like, 54% XG without Crosby and Malkin for, like, 25 games last year. Or yeah, he's Crosby in, was hurt for
0: someone. Like, yeah. He's in the tier of the top, like, four five guys where it's like, I think there's arguments for any of them.
1: Yeah, it's like it's, there's a couple we know are legitimately freaking amazing at their job, and he is one of them.
0: Yeah, it's him, Cooper, Trotz I put in there um yep. I'm trying to, like sutter probably too i think sutter especially got yeah and then like maybe like if you want to throw a bednar in there but i don't even know if bednar's quite a bad yet either
1: <laughs> I, I was mean, debating i'm mean, gonna I mean, I mean throw
0: bednar in there he said like the those abs teams have had unreal possession numbers so
1: yeah they've been stupid good but i'm also not convinced they're worse with like sheldon keith
0: no i i agree i agree um yeah, so I have the penance three. I have them, like, right on the edge of two, though. Like, I I, ba- I literally wrote them down as two and then swapped them, like, last last second.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And Vegas has them within two points of each other.
0: Yeah, so I, I do, like, I think when healthy, this team will be very, very good. And honestly, like, if they add a piece or two at a deadline for some depth scoring or whatever, like, you don't mean this is a cup contender heading into the playoffs. I, I wouldn't be that shocked. It would just be... Crosby and Malkin have to be healthy.
1: Yeah, they got to be ready to go. And, like, I think Gensel's a little underrated. He's been consistently fantastic, even without Crosby and Malkin, over a really long period of time now, too.
0: Yes, he is a very, very good player. And even, like, a Brian Rust. Same with Rust. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like...
1: We like joke close like close to a point per game past three years.
0: Literally. And like we joke that like he's one of those guys where they just pull out of nowhere and be point per game because he's playing with Crosby. But he's legitimately like very
1: good yeah. too. But it's like Malkin's missed half the games and Crosby missed time. So it's it can't be just them.
0: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think this team will be good again. Like I, I think they're a clear step above Washington. Um, yeah. And, and like Tristan Jari in that too. Like he showed last year he is a solid goalie too. So I have yeah. just as much confidence in their goal tag. Like, I don't think Kemper's miles better than Tristan Jari, or maybe his peak is, but like Kemper also has those downswings where it's like, I think they equal out to like average.
1: Yeah. And we've seen, we've seen Jari play for the Mike Sullivan Penguins and be awesome. Whereas Kemper does have to adjust. I know he was good in Arizona, I think it was forever ago, but like Kemper's coming from the Avs to the Capitals. That is going to be a culture shock.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, granted, he was on the Coyotes for a couple of years before yeah. that. So yeah, it's not like right he's there. yeah, and it's not like he's unfamiliar with horrible team culture, but yeah. uh, or horrible team team, culture. team
1: results. I bet. Yes, but exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so did you have Pens two, Rangers three, then? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I am flipped. I have Rangers two, Pens three, again by a point or two. Um, Sisterkin's basically the reason
1: why. Like, yeah, that and that's got to be the reason why. Although they were better after the deadline, and they kept
0: they they added they... legit NHL talent. I don't agree yeah. with some of the contracts this year, but like adding Vincent, Cro- uh, yeah. Vincent Trocheck and like even um, um, who else did they? I thought there was someone else they signed this. I thought after. they kept cop, but no, he's in Detroit. No, he went. The... He went. Yeah, he went to Detroit. But yeah, like adding Vincent Trocheck, I think is like like he's. As good as caught, maybe better. No, probably better. I'd say as good.
1: Yeah, it's probably in the same tier, and then it probably just comes down to like scheme fit above anything else.
0: Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know. I I think like a, uh, it just kind of this team it, if they can take the next step, it's going to come down to can like Alexis Lafreniere take a step, or even like Kako, right? Like. Okay.
1: And that's why I debated even having this team too, because I love the Penguins there. And I guess the Penguins do have upside in the fact that they have a hockey hall of famer who misses half the season. So if he ever stays healthy, yeah, that's, that's your upside. But the, the Rangers have legitimate young pieces that a lot of people are ready to give up on rightfully. But if 20 year old Alexis Lafreniere
0: arrives, we shouldn't be that shocked. Yeah, exactly. And like, I know a bunch of Rangers fans are excited because they looked good in the playoffs. It's funny because he still only had nine points in 20 games in the playoffs. And like that was his coming out party or whatever. But um, yeah, like if if he like just even becomes a good second line player who like that's goes a long way for a team that has the best goalie in the league and a top three defenseman in the league too.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. They have superstars. So this would be disastrous long-term, but like if Lafreniere and, caco explode to bad second liners this year <laughs> that's still better than mediocre fourth liners like their output was the previous few years exactly so
0: um if you go to their cap friendly team they also have an extra first round pick this year and because uh, a trade actually happened um this past uh week uh, they flipped another prospect a long in a long list of prospects that didn't pan out in new york uh niels lundquist um, for the 10th overall, uh, no, sorry, it was a 2023 first round pick. That was just, it was just posted as 10th overall in the standard. It was like, what the hell? Um, 2023 first round pick from Dallas. It's a conditional pick. Um, so it's top 10 protected, but uh, the, if it the, is top 10, it becomes an unprotected 2024 first. That seems like best case scenario to me if you're the Rangers, because I could see Dallas being like that. If they are going to miss, I could see them being like 10 on the dot or whatever. So either you're getting like the 11th, the 15th overall pick in the draft, which isn't too bad, or you're getting an unprotected 2024 first, which would be pretty sweet as well. Um, and then I think you want a, that 2024 first. Yes, exactly. And then there's a condition if Lundqvist, uh earns 55 points over the 2023 and 2024 regular seasons, uh, and that's total points. The pick becomes Dallas's 2025 third. So it was a fourth round pick as well. It was a first to fourth. Uh, Condition on the first is top 10 protected. Condition on the fourth is if he has Lundqvist has 55 points, which is a lot for a defenseman. Um, Over two seasons, it becomes a third. I like this trade from Dallas. Like, I, I think this is a fine bet from Dallas's perspective in terms of like, you're so committed. At least you're adding a guy with upside.
1: Yeah. I thought this was a fun trade, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have strong opinions on who won, but like, I think it makes sense from both sides. The Rangers, you don't have room for them. You're Dallas. You get a guy who is the SHL defenseman of the year at like 20 years old.
0: Yeah, prospect guys love Lundqvist. Yeah, or like Lundqvist.
1: I should say. There's top four upside this season for Lundqvist in Lundqvist, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I like that from Dallas. Yeah, from the Rangers, like just another notch in the belt of guys who were absolutely insanely hyped in your system. And you did absolutely check all the way. Yeah.
1: At some point, those first do need to turn into actual players, but I guess the Rangers could also just trade their first and then still go into the draft with the first.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think this seems fine, but like I, I have a hard team, a hard time. Sorry. Seeing this team, and this seems weird calling calling a team that just came from a Western or Eastern Conference final, but like the pens I could see entering the playoffs as like a legit cup threat. Unless Kako and or Lafreniere absolutely explode this year, I don't really see a way where I enter the playoffs being like, I am terrified of playing the Rangers.
1: Yeah, I kind of doubt it. Because like, even everybody's like, oh, well, they got way better after the deadline last year. It's like, well, congrats. You got up to 50% possession. Yeah, like. yeah, And they still I... have an elite goalie, so a lot of it's not going to matter. But well, I'm it's not like... sure, oh, we might lose a series because their goalie could go off. Is I mean, it sucks when it happens, and it is scary well, in its own way.
0: They only hit a 935 save percentage in 53 games last year. That's not getting better. That could drop 15 points and he could still be elite. But, like, that's a lot.
1: Like, realistically, give him a 920.
0: He followed that up with a 929 in the playoffs, too. And that's what got them in the conference finals. So it's like, yeah, of course their goalie could steal a couple games. But that doesn't mean I think they're a legit Cubs threat.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because any team's goalie can steal them
0: games. Yeah, exactly. Just because he's slightly more likely doesn't mean you have to – like, again, this would be different if it's, like, Vasileski on the Lightning. That's scary because the Lightning's forward can just win them a series as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the Rangers forwards. I I don't have much faith in them doing that. So, um, all right. Final team then. Uh, Obviously we have the same team. Number one, that is the Carolina hurricanes. I think they're like slightly better than both the pens and the Rangers, but not like aggressively better. Um, I am worried about this team's forward depth a little more compared to past years I do think they've done decent jobs at getting cheaper options to replace some of the guys in terms of, like, Paul Statsny and Andre Kasha, but, like, neither of those guys are Vincent Trocek. Like, no. the money, the the points per dollar, I'm sure, will be better or same value as Trocek, but they're not Trocek.
1: No, there's that would be completely unfair. I assume they're betting huge on Kotkaniemi, but, yeah, the, the depth has eroded a lot more than I thought it had.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, Clark Niami and probably like Seth Jarvis taking another step.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the hope I would think. He was really these good guys the are, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say they are functionally the same in betting markets as the Penguins,
0: which really shocked me. I mean, like the depth of this team has just eroded a ton. So I can't yep, say it's and that surprising. The star players
1: are probably a little overrated like we were talking about that with Aho, we're in the centers thing like Aho's really good but
0: yep yeah. I know they do have like this like I still think Svechnikov has another level to
1: him. yeah Svechnikov pops all this changes but like you're probably not loving a cup contender when you're like hell yeah we have Sebastian Aho to go up against uh, crosby matthews. or like kucherov yeah. or matthews hell even the bergeron line even 38 year old bergeron you don't love that
0: yeah well because like even like a guy like martin nikash was like really high utility. he just hasn't really turned into much he's been like a he's fine player but aggressively
1: mediocre
0: yeah I mean, like he and you know like he might need to play on your second line now so they're gonna have some top six of probably aho special call and maybe Jordan Stahl still plays 2C and then like Nikash and Jarvis probably rounds out of the top six and then like a third line of Kasha, Cockney, Statsny. Yeah, something um, like that. Which is like, it's fine. But again, they, it's definitely a little eroded from like two years ago where this was like, this forward core is like legit like cup, cup ready it looked like.
1: Yeah, and back when they had like Dougie Hamilton and
0: yeah, and that's us just say that's the exact same with the defense too. Is like they used to have the best defense in the league. It's now Slaven, who's good, uh very good, but and then Brady Shea, Brent Burns, Brett Pesci, Ethan Bear. It's a fine decor, and like I'm a little higher maybe on the Brent Burns experiment than you. You are for sure, but <laughs> if Brent Burns is like what you're putting your hopes on for a decor, you're still asking for a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, like that's probably a downgrade on D'Angelo, which is
0: bad in terms of just on ice. Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: On ice, it definitely is, especially when you get into age and like Brent Burns well, does the, the hockey is, equivalent of a guy who just loves mid-range twos and.
0: That, that, that was the thing I was gonna say. Like, I in theory I could see why Brent Burns people think Brent Burns would be a good fit because it's an all offense defenseman who you know like D'Angelo was a power play merchant last year, right? Like. Yeah. Which, but it's like, good one. Yes, Damn. exactly. The problem with Brent Burns is he's a power play merchant who likes to shoot the puck ineff- inefficiently.
1: Yeah, He's like an inefficient
0: you, power play merchant.
1: Yeah, if, if having Brent Burns on your power play means Aho gets 3% fewer of the shots and Sveshnikov gets 3% fewer of the shots, uh, that's a huge net negative on your power play. Even if Burns' shot is better than whoever he's replacing. Why
0: a good margin? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is like a good team. Like, they're not... There's no way where I see this team just absolutely falling out of a race or anything like that. And then Anderson and, and Nett, obviously both injury question marks, but both very solid goalies when healthy. Um, but yeah, I don't, this this team probably feels like a team that needs to make an addition or two at the deadline to take that next step into cup contender status.
1: Yeah, a very a big addition. And in their defense, I think they thought Patcheri was could be that guy.
0: Mm-hmm, kind of yep, there. yep. That's a that's a very good point. I forgot about that pickup as well. Um, where he is now out uh, very long-term, correct?
1: Yeah, I think he's done for the year. And that's like Pacioretty was still playing at the clip of a first-line winger. So that's a huge loss for a team that's starting to have their forward depth of road to just have a first-line left-winger vanish.
0: Yeah, six months is he August six 10th six is when that was from too. So even if you count that all of August, mm-hmm. September,
1: that's to February, right?
0: Yeah, about February. So he'll be back for the playoffs, and and that maybe that you know we're gonna hear that term internal uh, pickup or whatever. Probably quite a bit. Oh okay, yeah, um, well,
1: but, but there's no guarantees if, healthy and.
0: Yeah, but but if he if he can be that does make this top six and even the top nine look a lot better because then instead of like, Nikash or Jordan Stahl needing to be in your top six, you you bump one of those guys down. Yeah. So, and, Yeah. Um, All right. I think that's a good place to wrap it off. Um, Thank you everyone so much for listening. As always, you can find my stuff at LastWordOnHockey.com. I have a Sens puck drop preview article out uh, when this has been released. It's coming out after the Thursday morning. And then I also did a piece last week on why a Justin Hall trade would work for the Sens and Leafs. That's kind of backfired now because the Leafs had some injuries. But if you want to go read it anyways. I like that, though. I wholly agree with that. Obviously, Same. the
1: Andrew's okay. kind of derailed that, but the logic makes sense.
0: Yeah, so if you want to read that, you can absolutely go do that. Ch- you can find Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66, myself, nhl and stuff. Chase's work at ActionNetwork.com. Chase, do you have anything you want to plug quick?
1: Um, They're doing some preview stuff. I've got uh, some tech stuff coming with prospects, but that's a few weeks away. We're going to wait until the season's
0: started to do that. So there we go. As always, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you all next week.